0: Hello, Mr. Roethlisberger. Why don't you come in and take a seat? Hey, 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 Doc. Uh, so, uh, arm, my my arm started
1: to hurt. Is something wrong with your arm?
0: Yeah. Can can you check out my arm? Okay. Uh, yeah. I I I try to throw, and then I just couldn't. It hurt when I throw now.
1: It hurts when you throw.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I try. I tried everything to fix it. I tried slamming it against a rock. Oh. I tried rubbing dirt on it. Mm. I even had some guys spit on it and it still hurts.
1: Interesting. Can I take a look?
0: Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Does it hurt when I touch here? Ah. Oh okay, okay. What about when you move it like this? Oh ah. Okay, okay, that hurts. Alright, then I believe you have an injury to your ulnar collateral ligament. What what that mean? Your elbow is shit. Uh,
0: what What do now?
1: What do now? Uh, probably surgery, Mr. Roethlisberger.
0: Can I play again? No. What does that mean?
1: That explains
0: so much about you. You're listening to the Even the Odds Podcast with your hosts, Tub and Jimbo. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Even the Odds show. My name is Jim. And my name is Tub. And this week on Even the Odds, we got a changing of the guard in New York. We got our week three picks. We have Jalen Ramsey trade talk. And we also have some information here regarding one of the most decorated players in NFL history. I'm talking kicker Adam Vinatieri. Now, normally, this would be a case where we would be talking about the greatness of one Adam Vinatieri. And what's interesting about him is he is now 46 years old. He is the all-time leading scorer in NFL history. He's so old that he appeared in Madden 97 for Sega Genesis. So, uh, if you're an old guy like me, that probably will take you back and remember to beating his brains in and Madden. So it's interesting. He's had one hell of a career. He's won Super Bowls uh, with multiple different teams. He's been pretty much the most consistent guy in the NFL over the last 20 or so years. So it's kind of sad to see what's happened recently this season with the Colts. Uh, he's His struggles have been pretty well publicized, almost to the point where I think a lot of people thought he was going to retire Um, That seemed to be the the buzz that was coming around his camp. It was looking like it. And it's kind of sad to see it end for someone like that. I mean, he's been such a model of consistency for so long. He's always been uh, the consummate professional. I've never heard anyone in the NFL ever have anything bad to say about this guy. So it's one of those cases where, I mean, it's really hard to root against him. So when you see someone like that struggle, it's tough. but. It kind of makes me think, you know, in a wide perspective of what this man has accomplished. I mean, for a position that, I mean, a lot of people would even argue is barely even part of the game in the first place.
1: Yeah, I've heard things like that before. I mean, people say a lot of shit about kickers, and they like to give them shit about not being as physically dominant as some of the other people on the field. But look at what Adam Vinatieri has done throughout his career. Yeah, he's done it all. I mean, he's won
0: multiple Super Bowls as we had mentioned before. And honestly, a lot of people give Tom Brady and Bill Belichick a ton of credit for all the success they've had in in their careers. But I think they got to put a lot of that credit with Vinatieri. I mean, he was the guy that made that kick in the epic tough rule game. Started it all, really. Yeah, I mean that was that was not an easy kick out there in the snow in that game. Against a tough Raiders team. Yeah, yeah. That was one, one of the most classic games in the history of the NFL. And he was the guy that delivered them the victory against the Rams. I mean, people always bring up Tom Brady's drive, but that was like a 50-yarder to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that takes balls of steel to make a kick like that in that situation. And then <laughs> he just followed that up a couple of years later against the Panthers in, in overtime and really, you know, kind of cementing the fact that the Patriots were here to stay, and they haven't left since then. So, I mean, he's had such a decorated career. I really hope it doesn't end like this. I mean, I'd like to see him make it throughout the season and maybe think about it at the end of the year, but I really don't want to see someone like that end up getting cut, and it's kind of sad because he's definitely going to be a surefire Hall of Famer, and there's no doubt about that. Speaking of Hall of Famers, they're off to a rough start this year. What about Eli Manning?
1: Oh. Well, okay, let's not jump the gun on the Eli thing with Hall of Famer. What are you talking about? I don't know, man. Like I just I don't see it.
0: What what's not to like? The guy's got two rings, he stopped an undefeated season. Um he's been a pretty consistent member of a Honestly, the Giants are one of the more respectable squads, so if if you're looking at from like 08 up to you know, 2013.
1: Yeah, and that's fair to say, but I would have to say that, I mean, he has won 116 games, and he has lost 116 games. And so I guess if being average is going to get him into the Hall of Fame, sure.
0: Yeah, but that's silly, though. I mean, how many guys have two Super Bowl rings? And were the deciding factor in both of those games. I mean, look at what happened in the game against the Patriots. I mean, he was probably the author of the single greatest play in the history of the NFL, which is him getting out of that sack and heaving up that rocket ball up for David Tyree to catch up against the helmet. And somebody
1: greased him up, man. They had to have. Oh, see, so you, are you a, are you a truther here? I'm a truther. He's concrete yeah. feet, Eli, and somebody got the baby oil out and all the Vaseline and just put it all over him and greased him up. Are you, are you spending a lot of time on some hole message boards or something like that? This sounds like
0: some crazy New England conspiracy theory. Nope, just uh, just my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying this one. Eli's definitely a Hall of Famer, and you look at his numbers, and I know none of it's eye-popping. None of it makes you think, like, this guy was great. But honestly, he got the job done when it needed to happen, and that's what you really need out of a quarterback. It doesn't matter how many yards you throw for, how many touchdowns you have. If you're not winning at the end of the day, that's what a lot of people base everything on. Yep, they can put him right in the hall right next to Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. Oh, he's he's better than those guys. Come on. I'm not, I'm not even listening to that. You're just talking garbage. This, this, see, this is what everybody does at Eli. They throw a bunch of unfair criticism on him. Honestly, half of it is because his last name is Manning. If he was any other quarterback, I think everybody would have a different opinion on him. They would see a guy that's a winner that goes out and he carries his team. And that's what you want out of a quarterback.
1: I, I just don't get it. I What do you want him to do? I don't know. But my favorite Eli moment, though, for real, was when they took that picture of him on the sidelines, and he looked like he was one of the zombies from Walking Dead. And he's like, rrr, rrr,
0: rrr, rrr. oh, my God. See, this is what it is. It's all jokes and, and laughing at Eli. Poor Eli. How do you think it feels to be the, the overlooked child in the family? Always. Everywhere he goes, people just come up to him and go, where's Peyton? How's Peyton doing? I wonder what Peyton smells like. Like, what the hell? What about Eli?
1: Oh, yeah. So you want to know what Eli Manning smells like? He smells like a shit-covered baby's diaper that's been floating down the East River getting baked in the sun. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? No, it's true. He's shit. It's been
0: proven. (laughs) Okay. Are we really going to do this? This guy is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the last... I don't know, 15, 20 years, and we're going to treat him like he's a fucking dirty diaper floating down the East River? Come on. That's what he is.
1: Look at the numbers. What is there left to prove?
0: I can't believe we're fucking having this argument. You're fucking out of line here. You're, you're, I can't do this. Face
1: it. Face the facts. He sucks. He was never great. The only Hall of Fame he's ever going to be in is the alcohol of Fame in the drunken karaoke photo wing. Oh, fuck you. Are, we're not doing this.
0: Cut this shit.
1: I, fuck No, you want to talk about Eli, let's talk about Eli Let's talk about how nobody really gives a shit about him As a quarterback, even though he's been playing for like 15 years If Eli Manning was a food He would be saltine crackers, dude Fuck off with this Hall of Fame Bullshit He's going there first bout, mark my words Bullshit Fuck you We are currently experiencing technical problems Please sit by
0: and we're back. Uh, that that was an adventure, huh? Yeah, got a little out of control there. Hey, you know, sometimes it's good to let out a gr- little aggression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never thought that Eli Manning would be the thing that would cause us to come to blows, but hey, you know, you let's live let me learn.
1: Let's not talk
0: about him. Yeah, right we're now. not going to bring up him for at least a little bit, but I, I guess why not, uh, now that we've reconciled, we might as well look to make our picks. I mean, we got to join against the true enemy which is the coin, which, you know, things are things are looking pretty interesting in the standings. The coin's not that far behind us. No. Nope. We're not doing so hot, are we? No. It's kind of scratching at our backs there. Yeah, it's almost like we're all hovering around the 500. I think this week is really going to be the true test of things. There's a lot of big matchups that are going to kind of push things uh, one way or the other, and I, I kind of have a feeling we're not going to agree too much this week, so... Be interesting to see how things go. Let's go ahead and start with, I guess, the first game of the week. Uh, What do we got there?
1: We have the one and one Tennessee Titans at the 0 and two Jacksonville Jaguars, with the Jaguars getting one and a half points. Hey, the Titans really proved who they really were last week, didn't they? Yeah, you could say that.
0: This is a team, I think, uh, after they thoroughly demolished America's team, the Cleveland Browns, in week one. I think a lot of people were expecting the Titans to kind of make the leap and kind of show that they really were this elite team that you know some kind of perceived maybe they could be on the download of one of these great teams in the AFC. But what the hell happened in that last game?
1: It looks like they bounced back to reality against the Colts. I mean, Marcus Mariota only put up 154 yards passing. He only had one touchdown and a fumble, and he was sacked over. He was sacked four times. Jeez, recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah. <sighs> This is a team. No matter what, it seems like they got to be the model of consistency in the NFL, right? Yeah, you'd think. It, it seems like every year they're always hovering around seven and nine, and nine and seven. You know, they're just good enough to be in the conversation, but just inept enough to fail to even be,
1: you know, even relevant in the conversation. They put up forty three against the Browns in the first week, and then the next week, what do they do? They lose nineteen to seventeen. In a game
0: that the Colts are very clearly trying to give away. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, Adam Vinatieri struggled mightily in that game.
1: Those kicking woes, <laughs> you can't really discount how bad that was.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a bad look, even for someone as legendary the as that. The Titans really blew it. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, what did you think of uh, you know the start of the gardner Minshew era and the first uh, start for him last week?
1: Yeah, I give him a lot of credit. I think he's done exceedingly well given the situation that he's been put in.
0: Yeah, he kind of hung in there really well. I mean, he did have those three fumbles, which is, you know, not good no matter how you slice that. But at the same time, he was the guy that really put them in position to be able to win that football game last week. I really think uh, he was a Doug Marone idiotic decision to run instead of passing and that two-point conversion from possibly winning his first start.
1: Yeah, ultimately it came down to that bad two-point conversion call because I mean, he was their leading rusher. Yeah, he
0: he looked pretty solid. So, uh, that kind of dropped the the Jags own two and I think there's some bigger repercussions here. There's a big name guy on the team that's not too thrilled with how things are going and wants out. And that would be Jalen Ramsey.
1: Yeah, they had a little bit of a spat at him and Doug Marone on the sidelines. I mean, how could you blame him? His coach is a fucking moron. Yeah, no, I don't blame him at all.
0: Yeah. I don't know what to make of Jacksonville. They should have been a great team. They it seems like everything fell apart when when
1: they did against the Pats a couple years ago. Everything was in play for the Jaguars. I mean, there was a playoff game, what was it last year, or the year before, where Blake Bortles put up 45 or something against like the Steelers or
0: something. Yeah, that was that was two years ago, yeah. Yeah. From that to this. Yeah, it it's it's been a drop. Uh I'm not looking forward to this one. It seems like every year we're gifted this. Titans-Jags game on Thursday Night Football, and it's like a clear sign from the football gods: stay away. Do anything else you can if your time on that Thursday. But uh, if you're a compulsive gambler, and I know some of you are, uh, I guess we got to make a pick. And uh give me the Titans. They let me down last week, but uh, I I'm thinking that they correct some of the issues they had last week, and they're able to come through and go to two
1: and one. I got to agree with you, but I got, to, I got a different reasoning for it, and that's this. The Tennessee Titans have won six of their last seven games against the Jacksonville Jaguars, including winning the last four meetings. And if that says anything, I got to go with the trend. I got to go with Tennessee. I just don't think that the Jacksonville Jaguars in one and a half points is going to be enough.
0: All right. Fair enough. I guess we're going to have to see what uh, that old bastard the coin has to say.
1: It is tails, so the coin is going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Go figure. The coin's trying to catch up on some ground
0: here, you know. A couple games down, you know, doing anything it takes to win. It's smart tactic. Let's we'll yeah, see how that works out. you can't
1: hate on the coin for making that choice. It's got, yeah. to, got it's, to
0: separate itself from the crowd. Some stink fests like this game pretty much are a coin flip, and we won't be surprised either way how this goes, but be interesting to follow going forward. So what do we got? Uh, first
1: game, one o'clock on Sunday. We have the one and one Atlanta Falcons at the Indianapolis Colts, who are also one and one. And the Atlanta Falcons are actually getting two and a half points in this one. Wait, the Falcons are getting points? The Falcons are getting points. Do they watch Sunday night football? They looked pretty so. damn impressive they against did. the Eagles. Julio Jones, man, he looked really Ooh, good.
0: That was that was a that was a great performance. I mean, he put the team on his back. He was like Greg Jennings out there.
1: <laughs> well, and especially if you went back to last year, and I mean, remember all the murmurs and all the talk about, oh, well, how long did it take for him to score a touchdown? Yeah, and th- look
0: at him now. It's pretty well documented. He's had some serious foot issues over the years, so it's always kind of been a thing. You just wonder, like, how long is he going to hold up? and uh, if he's going to be able to maintain his health throughout the season. But he looks spectacular in that game. If they can have that sort of connection that they've always had between Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, I mean, who knows this team. They're going to need to keep the defense rolling. But one thing to really look out for here going forward in the South, Carolina is not very good, and we'll get to them in a second. And there may be some injury concerns with Cam. The Bucks aren't very good. We've seen them. I don't see that turning around and the Saints just lost Drew Brees for a few weeks.
1: So I would say if you're Atlanta, this is your window. Now is the time. You need to take advantage of this. And speaking of wide-open windows, I mean, the window's got to be open for the Indianapolis Colts. They're 1-1. One one. they got a lot going on with Jacoby Brissett. He's thrown five five touchdowns and only one interception. They've been moving the ball on the ground. Their defenses looked okay. I think, I mean, all signs point to them being contenders for the most part in that division right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at how the other teams have played. But at the same time with the Colts, I mean, they definitely have some concerns in the special teams area. And and we need to see an improvement there. But there's still a kind of real interesting story. I mean, this is somebody that we thought might be a bottom feeder going forward in the league without one of the premier quarterbacks in Andrew Luck. And now you're seeing them. They came really close to knocking off San Diego in week one and they just barely survived against the Titans in week two. So is this a team that can ride that kind of forward momentum and maybe kind of build on something and maybe be like pushed for wild card or maybe even a division? We'll have to see here. But even with all that nice things that we're saying about Indy here, I don't see how you can give the Falcons points. I'm going to take them every single time. Let's, let's go, Matt Ryan. Let's go, Julio Jones.
1: I'm going Falcons all day. Like you just described, you cannot give the Atlanta Falcons points. There's been so many years, year in and year out, that they are just such a high-powered offense. And the way Julio Jones is firing on all cylinders right now, I expect the exact same thing to happen against the Colts. All right. It sounds like we're, we're in agreement now, which is a first for this episode, it feels like. Yeah, unfortunately, we have to agree on this. Let's see what the coin has to say. The coin is going with the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, okay. So there
0: seems like there's going to be some real separation this week. I like it. On to the next matchup.
1: Ooh, we have an interesting one here with the 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals at the 2-0 and Buffalo Bills, with the Bills giving up 6.5 points to the Bengals. Oh, this seems like a lot for the Bills to give up, but
0: okay. I think we need to clear something up before we start here. Cincinnati does suck.
1: Yep, we have to apologize for apologizing because they suck. Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, San Francisco looks pretty legit.
0: But 41 points, that's that's a lot to give up.
1: And they just did not look there at all in no, that game. In the two game sample size we've had with the Cincinnati Bengals, they've been wildly inconsistent at best. I'll say that for sure. I
0: mean, they actually look like a pretty competent team against Seattle and we were kind of singing their praises, and then
1: as soon as we did that, they go and drop whatever that was in week two. From almost getting the W against Seattle to completely getting blown out by the Niners, who are we going to see in week three?
0: Yeah, I think that's which gonna Bengals be, is going to show up. I think that's going to be a real interesting thing to to
1: follow here. And on the flip side, are we really seeing the two and O Buffalo Bills? The two and O Bills. Josh Allen's making plays, and their defense is showing a lot of toughness out there too.
0: Okay, so. We got to stop here.
1: Who have they beat so far? They beat the Giants and, the, and Jets. the Jets. Those teams are trash. Yep, they're not. Their wins aren't necessarily against the strongest opponents. That's for sure. How legitimate is this two and zero start? Do a you w- really
0: think that this is a team that could go to the playoffs?
1: Possibly. Just getting off to this two and zero start, if they can ride this wave and keep it going, I don't see why not.
0: I I don't know. I don't know. I think I think they could, and I think that's this week. It's going to be a real big indicator of that. I think starting three and zero would be a real great start on a potential season ending in a postseason berth. And I think Josh
1: Allen is competent enough to take them there. They're either going to find their identity or they're going to shit the bed in typical old school Buffalo Bills fashion. And either way, it's going to be entertaining.
0: I'm. I'm guessing they're going to go 3 and all. And I'm guessing some Bills fan's going to get power through a table. Both seem pretty likely to me right now. I'm going Buffalo.
1: I might want to power bomb myself through a table because I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going with history and I I think that the Bills are going to kind of get brought back to reality. And I mean, if if the last 2 weeks with the Bengals mean anything, they played well in week one. They shit the bed in week two. Hey, maybe they'll play well again in week three.
0: Oh, so you're saying they're they're on an odd week schedule that every uh Sure. Okay. Make, it makes some sort of sense. All right. Let's see what the old coin has to say.
1: The coin flip landed on heads. So the Buffalo Bills.
0: Okay. Interesting choice here. It looks like we got two of the three going with Buffalo this week, which means they're definitely going to get killed.
1: Next up, we have the, oh boy, the 0-2 Miami Dolphins at the 2-0 Dallas Cowboys, with Dallas giving up 21.5 points to the Miami Dolphins. Do we really need to do this? Can we?
0: The NFL needs to come up with, like, you know when, like, uh, you ever pay attention to, like, soccer? Like, Man. European Soccer League? Sure, a little bit. You, you know, FIFA. like, the idea where like a team, like, really sucks, and they're like, all right, you're kicked out of the championship league. Yes, like, yeah. Like, you're going to this lower league. Can we do that with the Dolphins already? Please. Can we just send them to the XFL? Like, let's just get them out of here. Get them out. Uh, this is just embarrassing. I, I can't believe we got to sit and watch this team for the rest of the season. They just traded away their best player this week. Yeah. But I have to say, I find it actually entertaining and at the same time a great idea to be the NFL's version of the process. And let me explain why real quick. Sure. Let's hear it. Everything in the NFL is based around building a championship team on valuable players on rookie contracts. So what they're doing is they're clearing out anyone that has any sort of potential, even on a rookie deal that's going right now in hopes of loading up on a bunch of talented guys on rookie contracts and then using their market and the beauty of Miami to recruit free agents to come down on it once they have a finished product that's built and ready to go. Makes sense. I think this could be a case where if they're able to, I don't know, tank, get the number one pick, land their franchise quarterback, and with all these other picks that they've gotten from the Texans and that crazy Laramie Tunsil trade, the Steelers and this Minkah Fitzpatrick deal, and any other subsequent deals that they'll make down the line to kind of f- further boost the amount of picks that they have going forward. If they hit a home run in this next draft, they could be looking at an embarrassing wealth of riches that might actually set them up to be a contender against, say, New England, and definitely better than the Jets.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the best-case scenario, but let's face the facts. That's in the future. What they have in front of them right now is a bulldozer. Called the Dallas Cowboys. This is not going to go well for Miami. No, not at all.
0: And honestly, we we made this prediction last week where we kind of called that New England was going to kind of toy with them a little bit. and Not necessarily come out there with uh, full effort or let's say like a very intricate game plan. They kind of came out, did their thing, knew they were going to win. The game went into halftime with the Pats with a 17-0 lead. It seems like in the second half, the Dolphins did everything in their power to let the Pats extend that lead. And going against a juggernaut like the Dallas Cowboys, who are absolutely on fire right now, Dak looks like a guy that really does deserve that record-breaking contract extension. Uh, They are doing everything it takes to put him in a good position to win. They look like a legit Super Bowl contender. And it's going to be tough to beat them going forward. They've really proven themselves to be one of the, I would say, four or five elite teams so far in the you know, small sample size that we've seen, but the two weeks of the NFL season so far.
1: Without a shadow of a doubt, I've been critical of them in the past for many years. But even I have to say, like, Dak has never looked better. Yeah, he, he looks legit. I, I have no complaints about him. He's doing what
0: we've kind of all wanted him to do. We all thought maybe he was like a system guy that was just benefiting from the fact that he was seeing all these uh, eight-man fronts going against Zeke. But now he's really proving, like, even when teams are expecting him to throw, he's able to make the smart play. So it's kind of really interesting to see what's going on down in Dallas. I think uh, Kellen Moore is actually doing a damn good job. I know. And, and they're really coming up with something innovative. And they seem like a team to watch. I, I'm If I were uh, the Rams or New Orleans or any of those big-time NFC threats, I'd be a little concerned about what's going on in Dallas.
1: Cowboys are going to be right there with
0: them. I don't know. This is another one of those college lines. Uh, you know how we feel about those. This is a little ridiculous. It's hard to give one team 20 points and then expect them not to cover. But, man, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this again, but give me the Dolphins. I oh. think somehow, some way, they're going to... Find a way to keep it within 21
1: and a half points. What do you got here? I went with Miami last week because I thought, there's no way. There's no way they can take that many points and not do something with it. And now I'm looking at the Cowboys, who I think are just as potent as the Pats. And I think they have a little bit more to prove. So I think they're going to go out and they're just going to kick the ever-loving shit out of the Dolphins. It's really how I see it going, so I gotta go with Dallas. I mean, I don't follow you. I I think the
0: same thing's gonna happen. Fool me I just, once.
1: I just think it's gonna be within twenty-one. Totally feasible. We'll see. I guess. But I hope not. I hope Dallas fucking lights them up. Okay. What's what's the coin got? The coin is heads, so the coin agrees with me. Dallas Cowboys. All right. Let's see. Let's see how they do without all them points. What do we got next matchup? Next up, we have the 0 2 Denver Broncos at the 2 0 Green Bay Packers. The Packers are giving up seven and a half points to the Broncos. Is it fair to say
0: that even with the ineptitude in Miami and whatever the hell the Jets are doing,
1: the Broncos are the most boring team in the NFL this year, right? I agree. Everybody's oh, everybody's more exciting than the Broncos. I hate to agree with you there. I think
0: I, w- I would rather watch paint dry or uh laundry
1: doing a cycle. I hate to agree, but I do agree. They're so boring. Just thinking about it, I'm almost going to fall asleep. I got to stop. I got to think about something else.
0: They, yeah, they're like a, the NFL's version of a sleeping pill. If you spend more than 5 seconds
1: thinking about Joe Flacco, you're you're getting knocked out. And just, sadly, I've watched parts of these games. I couldn't watch the whole thing. I don't think anyone actually does. Yeah, it's like trip to fan. It's the worst. Yeah. And they couldn't get it done against the Raiders, and they couldn't get it done against Chicago, who is wavering big time compared to where they were last year. I just don't see Denver doing anything this year. I don't. and 2 Denver Broncos with Von Miller on that team and that defense, and they still can't find a win. I don't think I don't know. I don't know if they can do it against the Packers. The Packers on the other hand, let's talk about them. Let's not talk any more spend any more time about the Denver Broncos because I tell you what, I'm also critical of the Green Bay Packers and I can't really be too critical of them right now.
0: Yeah, I I'm actually kind of I have to say it. I got to come out in support of the things that they've been doing this year. Aaron Rodgers has kind of been kept in check a little bit. He's not putting up the gaudy numbers that we're used to from him, but here's the big difference with the Packers this year. They're winning the games they're supposed to win. They're doing what it takes to win. They're doing all the cliches and bullshit that everyone hates that annoy the shit out of you, but they're doing it. They're making big plays when they need to be made, and Aaron Jones is really proving that a ground game really is a valuable thing, and it really does help the quarterback. They're kind of getting a little two-dimensional, which is something that the Packers have never been. They've always just been Aaron Rodgers and the five guys that somehow always get open for him. But now they're trying to do something different, and I think that's opening up a new look, and it's helping their defense out too. I mean, in the games where the Packers struggled, you would always notice it would just be Aaron Rodgers getting stopped and then the defense having to come back out on the field and sustain all these long drives, and they would kind of get wore out over the course of the game. I mean, that's famously what happened to them when they lost to the Falcons a couple years ago and the Falcons went on that run to choke in the Super Bowl. I mean, so it's kind of an interesting thing to see how
1: things have progressed in Green Bay. And that defense has picked up the slack, too, from years past. I mean, they took it to the Bears, and they really rattled the Vikings. Oh, yeah, they, they made Cousins look pretty, pretty bad in that game. Definitely. And with all of that considered, Look at those victories right there. Boom, that's one against the Bears. Boom, that's one against the Vikings. They are 2 and 0 and they're not only 2 and 0, they're at the top of the NFC North with all the momentum in the world now moving forward. So so who do you got? I'm going with Green Bay. I don't think Denver has a chance in this game. Hold on. I'm getting sleepy. Oh no. I shouldn't have said it.
0: Oh no, I'm not I'm not I'm not thinking about it. Wake up, Jim. I'm Wake up. I'm going to pick the Denver Broncos. Oh, why am I so groggy right now? Seven points is a lot. That game is going to put you to sleep, but the Broncos are going to cover. Oh, what? Uh, Yeah, sorry. We are doing a podcast. I I understand we're talking Broncos. That's like a... uh, it's like a trigger. Like, as soon as you hear that, immediately you're thinking sleep. But, uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, gotta I guess we got to hear what the coin has to say.
1: Okay. Oh, sorry. The coin uh, chose tails. The coin is going with the Denver Broncos. Oh, hell yeah. Team Ambien. We have an interesting one here with the Detroit Lions at 1 0 and 1 at the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 1 and 1. And the Eagles are giving the Lions six and a half points. This
0: is going to sound really silly for a week three game. But I think this might be early on one of the most important games of the season for both of these teams. I think this is going to be the true test to tell you who the Lions and Eagles are. The Eagles looked pretty solid in week one. I think everyone would agree with that. They they pretty much manhandled the Redskins in a game that was, that was a lot closer on the score than it was on the field. And they kind of lost a heartbreaker to Atlanta. They looked every bit as good as them, and they played well enough to win. They just ran out of time. So it's kind of interesting to see where they're at. They're and one They're still, you know, in the hunt. It's still way early. A lot of things can change, but they're looking pretty good. And on the
1: flip side, I mean, what do you think about Detroit? I'm surprised with how well they've played. Now it's nothing flashy. It's nothing... You're not going to be seeing, you know, a lot of high-scoring games I don't think this season. I think they are changing their identity and so far they've done it pretty successfully. A lot more running, a lot more management on offense. Their defense is definitely playing well. But it's a little early. I mean, like we they've played the Chargers and they won a close one there and then they tied with the Cardinals. So <laughs> I think it's a little hard to say what we're going to get out of them moving forward, but I think if they stick to what they're trying to do, I think they'll find success. And this is going to be one of those games where if they can run the ball, if they can contain the hobbled Eagles, because they they're, a lot of those guys are maybe playing hurt or they're not going to be playing at all this week. And that's going to be a big factor, I think, in this game. But if the Lions can keep doing what they're trying to do, I think they're going to find success eventually.
0: Well, I think a real interesting thing, too, to look at when you're talking about the Lions here is You notice that there was a particular reason why they were able to pull it out last week against the Chargers. Oh, what's that? Uh, I'm going to put it all on uh, number nine, Matthew Stafford. Uh, There's an interesting little stat that uh, we can pull out here about Matt Stafford. Since 2009, he leads the NFL in fourth quarter comeback wins. I believe he's got like 28 or 29. It's up there. It's stellar. Now... A lot of people ask, why why Matthew Stafford? Why would he be leading the set? And I can tell you the perfect reason why. Matthew Stafford is a master of the two-minute offense. He has always been restricted by having some of the worst play callers in the NFL that are always feeding him these terrible play ideas. And he's having to go through and play the script. And when they get to the point where they let him just throw, and they let him be Matt Stafford, he's able to make plays. I and mean, that's kind of this guy's trademark at this point. Like he is always making something happen. He is probably the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL for some of the things that he's done and a lot of the blame and and kind of ridicule that he gets for absolutely no reason. This guy is a stud, and this team would be 0-2 for sure if on him and probably looking at another four and twelve. Five and eleven season, if that. So I think we all need to start giving this man some praise. Honestly, I can't believe after after what I said about them last week, I'm going to turn around and do a one eighty on him. But I'm going Detroit. I think Detroit is going to cover here. I I'm not one hundred percent certain that they're going to pull out this victory, but it's definitely going to be probably a three four point game. Uh, I think they're going to come in and they're going to put up a great effort against the Eagles. I'm going with Detroit. Okay, it looks like we believe in the Lions. That's a weird thing to say.
1: Go ahead with the coin. The coin is going with the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Uh, all right. And the next one is what might be the game of the week. We have the Baltimore Ravens at 2-0. and Against the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs at two and zero, and their Chiefs are giving the Baltimore Ravens six and a half points.
0: That seems like a huge line for this matchup. It
1: does. They're too close. I don't know.
0: I think these guys are a lot closer than that. I honestly I agree. You could have told me the Chiefs given two, and I would have bought that. Fair. But six and a
1: half—that—that's an awful lot. Have they been watching Lamar Jackson? Ah, oh, it's. I mean, you. This is. <laughs> I think this game is going to be a lot closer than this. Oh, for sure. For sure, I think this is going to be a lot closer. Um both
0: these teams have shown flashes of their potential. I mean, you saw the absolute beating the Ravens gave the Dolphins in week 1. Uh, they were kind of they kind of played a little more interesting of a game than you kind of would have anticipated with the Cardinals in week 2. But Jackson was spectacular. He had about uh buck 20 on the ground. Yeah. I think he was close to the league's leading rusher in week two. So, I mean, that's some pretty great numbers from a quarterback. And then also, he did a lot of damage through the air, too. He really is starting to look like an MVP candidate this year. I mean, again, we're going to keep reiterating this as it is two weeks through the season. But granted, he's looking great, and I think he is in position to kind of take this
1: Ravens team where they need to go. And I I think they're looking pretty good in this matchup. I mean, I... I got to agree. I think that everything you just said about L Jack, though, you can pretty much say the same thing about Pat Mahomes as well. I think that through week two, if there was two guys that you could put into like an imaginary week two MVP race, it would be Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, in my opinion.
0: And there's no doubt about that. I mean, they've both been playing off the charts. They've been putting up huge numbers. And most importantly, their teams are winning. And that's what makes this matchup so great is we're going to get to see two legit playoff contenders go at it in week three. Now, I wish I wish the NFL would start putting these games on later. I mean, nobody has the time to sit there and pay attention to all these 1 o'clock games at once. 1 o'clock games should be the garbage games. Why are the Bears and Redskins on Monday Night Football and this is on 1 o'clock on Sunday?
1: Get it together, NFL. Yeah, dude. You just took the words out of my mouth. Why is this on at one? This is going to be such a good game. This is the kind of game I want to stay up late for on a Monday and watch on Monday Night Football. This is like the antithesis of
0: that Packers-Broncos game, uh, football trip to fan.
1: Well, and another thing, too, is with the Ravens, like we're talking about Jackson and we're talking about Mahomes a lot, but with the Ravens, they've been able to run the ball pretty well and effectively. And what about Marquise Brown? He's been showing up. He did it in week one. A lot of people said it was going to be an anomaly. Look what happened in week two. He got even more targets, and he did even better in ways than he did in the first week.
0: Oh, and don't forget, Andrews, the tight end, either. Oh he's, yeah, two touchdowns. He, he looked great. I mean, I think for him, it's a lot of it is just volume. They've been running a ton of uh, multiple tight end sets, so I, I think part of that is just opportunity meeting, you know, skill. So he's kind of been a fun guy to watch. That whole offense is kind of really interesting. I'm all in on the Ravens this year. They're they're probably my second favorite team to watch besides America's team, and uh, yeah, this matchup is gonna be really interesting. One thing I do want to kind of bring up, and we brought this up a little bit earlier, we're talking about Jalen Ramsey and his trade request. Now I'm not I'm no Adam Schefter or anything. I don't I don't have uh, links to sources in the NFL, but I'm just gonna use my uh, logical conclusion here. The Chiefs want to win the Super Bowl. What do the Chiefs need to do to win Super Bowl? They got all the weapons they need in an offense. They got a pretty good special teams. I mean, if they can keep Andy Reid from mismanaging the clock, I think they're in good shape. But there's one thing that they could improve on. And I think if you added the number one corner in the NFL to this team, especially knowing that inevitably they will have to face the Patriots And if they get out of the AFC, they will have to look at the Cowboys, the Rams, whoever you want to put out else, whoever else you're interested in. Even the Ravens again. Yeah. So, I really think, like, if you really want to think about who the logical targets are for Jalen Ramsey, I think the Chiefs have to be at the top of the list. But the NFL's the worst, so he's definitely going to the Patriots for a fourth rounder. Confirmed. All right, I... I guess we got to come up with our picks for this one. It's tough. Yeah, I I spent a real long, long time trying to think back and forth on where I was going to go in this game. But uh, i got to go with the points here. They're giving the Ravens too many points, and I think they're totally being slapped on. I am Lamar Jackson all season. I am riding this guy as far as they will go. I think they are going to be great contenders, and I think they're taking this game.
1: Here's the thing. So Patrick Mahomes has been doing what he's been doing without his number one guy, without really any kind of identity at running back there. He's been getting it done, of course, with Travis Kelsey. But look at these other guys that he's giving the ball out to. Who are they? I don't know. Do you know who they are? I don't think anyone knows who these guys are. Well, yeah, there's that Robinson guy. There's Hardman. Sure. And I guess The ghost of Sammy Watkins. Exactly. And so, I guess my point is is that I actually think that Kansas City's gonna win the game, however, six and a half points is a lot. I think this game's gonna be close. I think the Chiefs win the game, but I'm going with the Ravens for my pick. Ooh, interesting. I'm going Ravens win and cover, but yeah,
0: it looks like I mean, logistically speaking, we're gonna agree. Let's go ahead and see what our silver friends gotta say. The coin is heads, oh okay. Looks like it's it's going for the chiefs, huh, yep, okay, so we got some real uh uh split decisions, yeah, we can get some shake ups here
1: in week three,
0: yeah we're not we're not fucking around, and I don't think those shake ups are over yet, yeah, I don't think so too. I think more of that is coming up
1: soon, uh, let's go ahead. What's up with the next game here? Oakland Raiders at 1-1 one one at the Minnesota Vikings, who are also 1-1, one one, with the Vikings giving the Oakland Raiders 7.5 points.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about this one. This is another one of those that I'm just going to... The only way I'll see this is if it shows up on Red Zone. Uh, what's more to say about the Raiders? I mean, they've kind of proven who they are at this point. They are a average to below average football team. They're going to have some flashes here and there. I mean, I like I like the kid Jacobs. I think he's uh, a stud. But other than that, I mean, there's not really much to say. Their defense isn't very good. It, it's kind of funny how much of a difference uh, one superstar pass makes. Way to go, Gruden.
1: Yeah, the absence of Cleo Mack has definitely left a big uh, black hole, you could say, in their defense. Now, shifting gears to the Vikings, Kirk Cousins is getting protection but he's playing mostly bad football. He has two touchdowns and two interceptions. He's only been sacked twice, though. But this guy is rattled. If you're watching him in these games, something is in his head. He is not playing like he was the guy that they were getting from Washington a couple seasons ago. Well, I mean, in that
0: Packers game especially, I think part of it, though, was the Packers got ahead early, and he looked like he was, he was forcing things out games. Like, he was not playing in rhythm. He was not definitely working to uh, come up with short-yarded situations. He looked like he was just coming out firing and looking to try to make a play happen right then and there. And it cost him, at least on a couple of those interceptions. You're kind of just wondering, like, okay, I mean, I know Diggs is your guy, but he's covered by multiple people there. I don't really think that's your best option. And I think that's going to be something they're going to need to look at going forward is, is looking to kind of try to find what the best – option is and going with that and honestly for them i think the best option is delvin cook going forward it'll live by delvin cook or die by delvin cook i think that's what their season's gonna have to be about because let's face it that defense is looking great they are really getting to the quarterback they're making things happen and all they really got to do is if they can score 20 points a game this is going to be a team that's going to look more like the team from a couple years ago and not the team from last year i think if they can get to that number They're going to be a threat, and it's all going to be about that. So, really, it just depends. They need Kirk Cousins just to be average. They're not asking for
1: much. No, and from what I saw, you saw that run, that Delvin Cook run? Oh, yeah. This guy's ready to go. We all know he has issues in the past, or he's had issues in the past with injuries. He is carrying a lot of the slack from that offense in Minnesota right now that's being left by Kirk Cousins trying to have to force these plays and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say, like, he's been the guy that's kind of been shouldering the load, and and he's going to really need to continue doing that going forward as, uh, you know, I don't think Cousins is kind of up to stuff right now. I think they may be regretting that mega deal now at this point. But, yeah, I mean, this is another one of those boring games. I'm not really too thrilled about this one. What well, who you got this week, Jimbo? uh, I got better shit to do than me watching this football game. Don't we all? I guess we got to make a pick, though, right? I think that's the whole point of this. So, uh, give me the Vikings. I,
1: and This is going to be a bore. I don't see it. I think Kirk Cousins is dog shit. I got to go with Oakland. And, I mean, speaking of dog shit, I know Oakland, but after watching Kirk Cousins, man, I got to go with Oakland Raiders.
0: All right. Have fun with your turd sandwich pick. Let's we'll see what the coin's got to say.
1: And the coin goes with heads in this one. Oh, Skull. Yep. Coins going with the Vikings. And keeping things interesting, we have the 0 2 New York Jets at the New England Patriots, where the Patriots are giving up 22 and a half points. 22 and a half. 22 and a half. More than three touchdowns. Uh, the Jets are bad, but are they Miami bad? I don't know. Does Sam Darnold have mono this week?
0: That would only happen to the Jets. I feel like just any terrible thing that you could think of that doesn't make any sense. Like that's like a very Jesse hand.
1: That's how it always works. I mean, we had the butt fumble, and then like we have Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, who has mono, and you have Trevor Simeon, who went out there and right away in week two, his ankle looked like a buffalo wing getting snapped by Yokozuna.
0: Yeah, that that got crushed uh, pretty fast. I mean, seriously, you could tell me tomorrow that Le'Veon Bell tripped and fell in a hole and tore his ACL, and I would believe you I would believe it. This team's just
1: cursed. There's just nothing to say about it. There really isn't anything to say. Like, their starting quarterback is going to be Luke Falk. Who the hell is that? I don't know,
0: but he came in and played better than the other two guys. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, a pretty low bar to clear. So we really got to talk about the Pats again? Do they ever play anybody good? It like, doesn't feel like it. Ugh. there's a reason why they win eight billion games. They're playing all these loser teams. Yeah, they're the Pats are gonna Pats. They're gonna win again. They're gonna win decisively. We're gonna be talking about how great Bill Belichick is for being able to face Adam Gase and the Jets again. I mean, uh, crazy eyes. I don't understand. This is this is part of the reason why sometimes the NFL can be just sort of a drag. Is You have these sort of matchups and then you just sit there and wonder who seriously gives a shit about this. Like this is totally for the compulsive gamblers, people who are addicted to fantasy
1: football, and those maniac psycho Patriot fans. I couldn't be any further from being interested in this game. And that's exactly why I'm going to go with New England because there's – I don't see any way that the Jets do anything. I (laughs) – After last week with Miami, I learned my lesson. I'm going with the New England Patriots. I will never learn my lesson.
0: And if you're giving me 20 points in an NFL game, I'm going to take it every single time.
1: Go, Jets, go. Oh, I feel sick even saying that. All right, coin. I think there's something wrong with the coin, too, because it's going with the New York Jets.
0: Oh, man. Where's Vinny Testaverde? Do you think they could call him? Do you think he could come back and maybe play quarterback for them again? And they're running out of options. Do they even have a backup? Is their kicker going to come in? I, I, do, I don't think there is a backup option. I think, like, that's just it. They should put Le'Veon Bell back there. That might be interesting. All right, let's move on.
1: The New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are giving up six and a half points to the New York Giants. Wow. What another interesting game.
0: Honestly, after our talk earlier, I would rather not talk about the Giants again. But I guess if we if we have to... Uh, we must. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. Both these teams are trash. This is so stupid. The Giants are just an abomination. Uh, I can't believe they turned around and they traded Odell Beckham Jr. for next to nothing in some weird, sick fantasy that they thought that... They were able to be able, they would be able to craft some sort of contender around uh, an aging Hall of Fame quarterback, but it just hasn't panned out. And I just, at this point, I don't understand the plan. I mean, you started the season with an owner saying that the best case scenario would be that Daniel Jones doesn't play this year. They couldn't even make it three weeks without starting this guy. I mean. If that tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the Giants. I mean, that, there it is right there. This is a team that is just utterly incompetent. They have no direction, and they seem to have this big, grand illusion that this guy that could barely win five games a year at Duke is going to come in and turn around and be their franchise savior at quarterback. Well, I got news for you, Jack. It ain't going to happen. The Giants are trash. And as much as I hate to say this, even though I've said nothing about them, I'm going with the Bucks in this matchup.
1: Eli Manning has been absolutely dreadful. And he's been the one leading this team you until now. Mouth. Until now. It's the Daniel Jones era, everybody. I'm picking the G Men. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Oh. This is gonna this is gonna be a source of contention all season long, isn't it?
1: Oh yes.
0: Okay. Well, I'm rooting against the Giants just for that. So I guess let's hear what our silver guy is all about right now.
1: Going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, there we go. Dumb piece of metal, piece of shit. They're
0: yeah, gonna have, fuck Daniel Jones. Are
1: they gonna have coins coming out with uh Eli Manning's head on them? They smell yeah, he's like worth shit. more than Daniel Jones. Okay, moving on. oh and two Carolina Panthers at the Arizona Cardinals, who are Owen and one and one. And the Cardinals are giving up two and a half points to the Carolina Panthers. Wow, how the mighty have fallen. This is a team in the beginning
0: of the year we were we were even talking about but saying, hey, you know, if everything broke right, the Panthers could be like, I don't know, in the mix for maybe even the Super Bowl. Coulda,
1: shoulda, woulda, maybe if Cam wasn't hurt all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it really comes down to. I, you just wonder how hurt he really is because everything seemed to be fine going into the season, but he's been looking dreadful so far. I've
1: felt this way, tinfoil hat, conspiracy theories, I've felt this way for like the last four seasons. This guy's been playing hurt, at least from what I've seen. He has flashes of, of looking like he feels okay, but then there's these last couple games where he has zero touchdowns, zero mobility. That whole offense is stagnant around this guy who is not known for being so stagnant and kind of waiting in the water. He's a highlight player kind of guy. There's something clearly wrong with him. And this has happened in the past, whether it's his shoulder, whether it's something in his his feet, ankle, knee, I don't know. But there's something clearly wrong with him.
0: Yeah, and I think he's one of those guys that gets unfairly criticized, like it or not, for practically everything. I mean, he's been a pretty consistent quarterback. I mean, he's done what you'd like to see. So I think a lot of the criticism he gets is a little unfair, and I think... He's kind of staying out there, even though at this point like I think it's better for the team if he were to maybe take some time and kind of get himself collected and maybe try to make a stretch run. I mean, I don't think it's over just yet. It's way too early for any sort of talk like that. But in order for them to be any sort of contenders in that division, he's got to get healthy. He needs to heal up mentally and
1: physically. I, and I think they got to try to get him some help too. They haven't. They haven't tried. Like the The one guy that they've put out there that they've gotten lucky to have has been Christian McCaffrey. Outside of that, they've had Greg Olson. Yeah. But he's older, old faithful. Yeah, exactly. I, they have not gone out of their way to address any of the voids left, even going back in the past, all the way to like Steve Smith. Yeah. Yeah. They the, have it's... not even tried. And so when they get gifted someone like Christian McCaffrey, they expect the world, but guess what? There's not enough there, especially if cam is hurt. You know how easy it is for people to figure out what you're going to do when Cam Newton is hurt?
0: It already wasn't looking good before, but no. now it's getting even more predictable, and I just don't I don't know how to feel about them. The I,
1: Buccaneers did it.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, if the Bucs can do it, anyone can.
1: This confused Tampa Bay team.
0: Yeah. They, I honestly felt like you could almost write them out right from the beginning, and— yeah, they really came in and punched him in the mouth, and that's not a good look. Nope. And that kind of makes me think about the team they're facing this week here. That's the Arizona Cardinals. This was a team that last year, I mean, we all, as we all saw, they finished the worst record in the league. They were an absolute abomination. There was nothing really that you could look at and say, like, that is a bright spot of this team. That's something for them to build on going forward. I really thought it was going to take a couple years before we saw them play any sort of respectable football. But they're really proving me wrong here. I mean, I'm really liking what Kyler Murray has been able to show in his first couple starts here. I mean, he led him on that epic comeback to get the tie against the Lions. And honestly, he played pretty tough throughout that whole game against the
1: Ravens. I, I, I like what the kid's doing so far. What do you think? Yeah, me too. I mean, he's finding confidence. And he's not short of weapons either. Like, we can look at them as the worst team in the league last year, but there's a lot more going on than just what's on the field is why they were the worst team last year. This year, look at Christian Kirk, who's emerging, as one of Kyler Murray's favorite targets. Look at old faithful Larry Fitzgerald. Look at what he just did. He just hung over 100 yards uh, last week. They're still clicking. Now, unfortunately, David Johnson appears to be hurt. Uh, I think it was something with his wrist, and I don't know if it's the same wrist he's had issues with in the past. I think it was 2017. He got hurt in week one. He was out for the rest of the season with a wrist injury. So hopefully that's not the case. But, yeah, I like what they're doing in Arizona. I think that they're getting confident. Kyler Murray's looking better every week, and that's all you can ask for. I think it's a recipe for success for them eventually. Might doesn't have to be right away. This is still all very fresh and incubating, but I like what I see. So here's what I think here.
0: I'm going to make my pick Conditional. If the Panthers end up starting Cam Newton this week, I will be picking the Panthers. If he does not start, I will be picking the Cardinals. I honestly think that this is a coin flip game. I think if the conditions are right for each team, they both can win. But I really feel like this is a bounce back for the Panthers. If Cam can play. Now, I think the wise thing either way is rest him and make sure he's ready for future games as I think the long run is going to be more important for this Panthers team than the right now. But that's what I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off a little conditional pick, but I I feel like that's going to be the Cardinals.
1: That's fair. Uh, I'm going with Arizona just based on what I saw against the Ravens last week. There, There was a lot of good things to see there. And even if Cam Newton does play, should he be playing? How hurt is he? I think he's banged up. And I think that it's not a good situation to get thrusted out there in front of this team that's trying to find its identity, and they're gaining confidence. I think it's a dangerous matchup, and I think Arizona's going to take it. Okay, right on. Well, let's go with the coin. The coin is going with the Carolina Panthers, so it's got a lot of faith in Cam Newton or not. We'll see. Whoever the backup was, I don't know. You don't know. I don't go think with the Carolina knows. Panthers. We'll figure it out, though. Well, Riverboat Ron will have to figure it out. Oh, yeah, or he's going to go up the river. Yeah, up the shit river when he gets shit canned. Yeah, I think that's pretty possible. At 1-1, one and one, the New Orleans Saints travel to Seattle to go up against the Seattle Seahawks, who are 2-0. and oh. The Seattle Seahawks are giving up 5.5 points to the New Orleans Saints in this game. This
0: matchup kind of lost a little bit of its luster with the news that we found out from last week's game that Drew Brees is going to be missing... Uh, some extended amount of time at quarterback, which kind of brings us to a pretty intriguing situation. Uh, one of the things that's kind of been talked about over the last couple seasons is the fact that the Saints kind of had one of, I would say, the better quarterback situations in the whole league. I mean, you have definite Hall of Famer, no arguments there. No, without for Drew question. For Drew Brees. And then you have Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that not even, I want to say four seasons ago, we were all kind of thinking like he was going to be like the Lamar Jackson type quarterback. He was going to be kind of doing it through the air and through the ground. But then you had that horrific injury in Minnesota uh, to the point where we almost thought this guy was never going to be able to play again. And he kind of had a, a nice resurgence here with the Saints. I mean, he's been a guy that a lot of teams are kind of targeting him if they're looking for a, a step up a quarterback. But they were kind of held strong and said, hey, he's our guy. And. He did not look that great in that game against the Rams. I mean, I know that's a tall order to come in there on on no preparation to go face one of the premier teams in the NFL after you guys just lost your heart and soul of your team, but that was not a good scenario there.
1: No, and you could see the production definitely take a slide when Teddy had to go into the game under those circumstances. I think he's probably one of the better backups in the league. I also think that maybe... He could start somewhere, and I think this is going to be one of those weeks where we're going to have to see what we're going to get out of Teddy Bridgewater moving forward and what's going to happen to him in the future. Because he's still young enough, Drew Brees isn't getting any younger. Who knows how many years Drew Brees is going to have left. But maybe it's a situation where Teddy can get some wins, get some momentum, get his confidence back, and maybe he can be the quarterback of the future for the Saints. Who knows?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to kind of take a look and see what's going to happen there. Uh, you would think that Teddy would kind of pick things up and maybe get things going further in the future, but um, I want to talk about another team uh, we're kind of overlooking here, and that would be the Seattle Seahawks. This has been a team that has been winning bowling shoe ugly this whole season. There has not been one game that they have played so far that looks like they've put together a complete and total team effort. It seems to be like they are just kind of just pulling it out of thin air, these victories. And, you know, I'm not sure how long this is going to last. I mean, this is going to work against the Steelers and the Bengals this year, but I don't think this is going to work against the Saints even with Teddy Bridgewater. So the fact that the Saints are getting so many points in a matchup like this kind of has me concerned uh, on the outlook for the Seahawks in this one. But what I've learned in the last couple of years, you cannot count out Russell Wilson. This guy is a competitor, and he's the heart and soul of that team, and he's always going to be looking to be making big plays happen for that Seahawks team. So this is a real tough matchup. I'm not sure where to go on this one, but I don't know. Let me hear what you have to say, and I'll, I'll give you my take in a second. Okay. Well,
1: I'm basing my decision off of what Russell Wilson's been able to do Not just historically, since he started with the Seahawks, but over the last two games. This guy is putting up career-high percentages in his passing percentage, at least last week he did. He has five touchdowns, zero interceptions. This guy is making things happen in games that, like you said, are not appealing to the eyes. These are dirty, gritty, nasty games. And he's going out there and making these plays, making things happen, as he's been known to do. He has less weapons than ever right now and he's still somehow brought his team to a 2-0 start this year. So for me, as hard as it is, and I said this last week, if you give New Orleans the points, I go with New Orleans. But this week, I'm going with the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson is just going to find a way to get it done like he has so many other times.
0: Yeah, I mean, who knows? I'm going to have to go ahead and go with the Saints here, I guess. Uh, Call me crazy, but I got a weird feeling that I think with some extra time and uh, preparation going into this next game, they're going to be able to get Teddy some more reps and get him a little more comfortable with the offense going forward. I think he's got a lot of weapons and playmakers to work with, and I think even without Breeze, they're going to find a way to get Kamara of the ball. They're going to obviously feed uh, Michael Thomas as much as possible. So I, I guess we'll see. Uh, it's tough to say, but I- I'm going to put my faith in the
1: Saints this week. All right. You say the Saints, I say the Seahawks, and the coin says... The coin is going with the New Orleans Saints. The Pittsburgh Steelers with the 0-2 start at the San Francisco 49ers with the 2-0 and start. And the 49ers are giving the Steelers 6.5 points. honestly think the Steelers aren't getting enough points.
0: The Steelers looked like a train wreck even with Ben Roethlisberger. They got absolutely destroyed by the Pats in Week 1. Uh, they came out and they looked lifeless a little bit in that Seahawks game. I mean, granted, they were in it the whole way, but they just do not look like a team that is going to be a threat this year, um, it's, which is kind of really curious, too, when you look at the big move they made this week. I mean, Minka, Patrick, Minka Fitzpatrick is a great cornerback. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely worth a restaurant pick. But if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're looking at a season in the face where you just lost Ben Roethlisberger for the year, Uh, You have just turned around and let go two of your other big stars from previous teams that have gone on big runs in the playoffs, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, You're kind of building something new with Juju and James Conner and some of the nice uh, bright spots that you have on defense there. Why at 0-2 do you turn around and make a move like this? I think they're possibly giving up potentially a top-10 pick. And as we've all seen, those kind of picks can be a huge difference going forward for your team. And if I always feel like if you're not a championship team, where you're picking should be something that you should consider. And, and I think this is a little bit of a risky move. I think this
1: could come back to haunt them if they don't turn things around quick. Yeah, risky to say the least, especially with what you said where you're trying to gain ground on some of the players that you've lost by making up this ground by spending a draft pick on a corner. We'll see. Now, with all that being said, we got to flip to the San Francisco 49ers, on the other hand, who have looked really good. I think that defense is for real. I think Garoppolo can get the job done. And their running game has been totally surprising. How many guys do they have out there putting really good performances out there and helping these them complete drives, get points on the board, and finish the football games?
0: that's kind of the weird thing going on right now is you just don't know how that's going to work out. But yeah, I, I don't know about this game.
1: Uh, who are you going with? in this one, I like the Niners. I think they're going to do good things this season. And I, I also think that Mason Rudolph might be able to do something too. I just think that this week, seeing what I've seen the last two weeks, I got to go with the Niners.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm going to have to go with you there as well. I mean, Uh, The Niners have been putting on a clinic this season. Uh, They've had a nice little run going on. Uh, I really like what Debo Samuel is doing. He's really showing flashes of that potential that we all saw uh, in the pre draft workouts that kind of made him like one of the hot names at wideout coming into this season. So uh, I think they got something rolling. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's doing a bang up job, and they should be a contender in the
1: West this year. Give me the Niners. All right, so two for the Niners and the coin. The coin is going with the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Oh, I think that is going to be a not-so-wise decision, but uh, I've said that before, and I've been
1: very wrong, so I guess we'll have to see how that goes. Hey, maybe the coin and maybe the Steelers know something that we don't about Mason Rudolph. Maybe he tears it up. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens on Sunday, I guess.
0: Okay, let's go ahead with the next matchup.
1: And going on the road this week are the Houston Texans at 1-1, and and they face the Los Angeles Chargers, who are also 1-1, with the Chargers giving the Houston Texans 3.5 points. Really? 3.5 points?
0: Seems a little lopsided.
1: Yeah, especially after watching that game against Detroit. There wasn't a lot going on there. No, I, I'm not really buying into the Chargers anymore.
0: I, I really thought that they were going to be uh, kind of one of the Class of the AFC teams kind of repeating what they did last year. I thought they were building on something great. Uh, I thought, even without Melvin Gordon, who kind of proved himself to be kind of a dick, we'll get to that in a second. But I thought Austin Eckler was going to be a a big time player, and he kind of has been so far. But I don't understand what happened in that game against Detroit. I thought that was an easily winnable game, and they kind of let that slip through their fingers. They cannot let stuff like that continue to happen throughout the season if they really hope to repeat as a, another playoff team. Uh, I think that's going to be a real issue for them is closing out games. And, and like we saw this week, I mean, if they're going to have that charter of adventure the and they're going to let a team like the Lions hang in there and make plays at the end, I mean, that's not going to work out for them. And especially against a team like the Texans, I think this is going to be a real test for the Chargers. We're going to be able to kind of see where they really are at mentally. I mean, after – after a pretty trying first two weeks of the season. I think this is either going to be a make or break for them already, but I'm I'm not liking it so far. I think the Texans are going to have a huge game. I'm looking for Watson to break out, and this is going to be the game that they really kind of plant their flag in the AFC South and say, here we are.
1: Yeah, I love the Texans uh, this year. I like what they're doing. The only problem that I have with them is that Deshaun Watson is getting hit way too many times. And this is something that I could foresee going back to last year and him getting hit way too many times. They know how to put points on the board, seemingly at will, when he's not getting hit. The Chargers have struggled to put the kind of points that they're used to putting up on the board. This is They're depleted when it comes to injuries. They have the Melvin Gordon problem, whatever you want to call it. And that's got to be some. Can we talk about that real quick? Yeah, let's talk about it. So, uh, during the middle of the
0: Lions game, um, he had rushed to Twitter, which is kind of a weird thing for a guy to do when he's currently holding out for a big contract and he's criticizing people playing against a team that's not willing to pay him any money. It's kind of weird. You can't be on the team and complaining and still not be there at the same time. You kind of got to pick a lane, bro. Um, But here's the thing that really caught my eye. Uh, he tweeted after a missed Lions field goal at one point in the game, and he said this in a very fa- uh, very vague fashion, and I believe the quote went exactly like this. Hey, Lions kicker, I owe you a drink after that one. Now, here's where this gets a little dicey. Matt Prater used to be the kicker for the Broncos. Now, he had a pretty, pretty prolific career there in Denver, and he was one of the the, I would say, like three or four best kickers in the NFL. He mysteriously got cut from the Broncos. Now, we've come to find out later on that uh, he was going through some issues with dependency of alcohol. Uh, He had gone to rehab and kind of worked through a lot of those demons. So it's kind of a a little bit of a sensitive subject. Now, I don't know the full story here. I don't know how much Gordon knew. But at the same time, a quick Google search could have told you that hey, this guy's got an alcohol problem. Maybe you shouldn't make a joke about that. Just saying. I'm not calling him out or trying to say we should cancel Melvin Gordon, but maybe you should be a
1: little sensitive to somebody who's got substance issues. Well, and not only that, a quick Google search would also tell you the kicker from Detroit's name is Matt Prater, and he's a pretty damn good kicker. So it's just kind of a foolish statement to make. Even if he didn't know... It was kind of just disrespectful and maybe one of those things where like you're saying, if you're holding out and you're in a position to maybe not say something stupid, maybe don't say something stupid.
0: Yeah. And that's the worst thing It's like in those situations, like we've stated before in previous episodes, I mean, usually most people are going to side with the team and ownership over the player in a holdout situation. So if if I were him, I would do everything I can to stay out of that. I'm not going to try to cause any uproar or controversy whatsoever Because the more that I can do to improve my leverage, that would guarantee a better payout and negotiation. I I believe that's how business works. Now, on the flip side, now with Gordon, he's going about it a completely different way, and I just don't think that's the way things should go. So I guess, I mean, just something I wanted to discuss real quick. I thought that was a really interesting thing from uh, that game last week, but I think I can come out and say it here pretty confidently. The Texans are going to win this one. Uh,
1: They don't even need those points. Yeah, I agree with you. I just think it's pretty formulaic. If the Houston Texans keep putting up points like they're putting up and the L.A. Chargers keep not putting up points like they're not putting them up, by default, the Houston Texans win. I think they're actually not just going to win. I think they're going to kick them in the balls. All right. Will the coin agree about the ball kicking? Let's see. The coin is going with the Houston Texans, so that's three for the Texans. What do we got for the next one? We have the Los Angeles Rams, who are 2-0, and going up against the Cleveland Browns, who are 1-1. and The Browns are getting two and a half points.
0: Yeah, did you watch Monday Night Football? I really think we can go back to the America's team moniker. Yeah, I think they came out, and that was the Browns team that we thought we were going to see. I mean, there was a lot of weird buildup in the press this week over uh, Odell Beckham's comments towards dirty cheater and bounty gate instigator Greg Williams. And Greg Williams coming back and trying to say that Odell wasn't the playmaker and he wasn't a great player. He just made him look like a damn fool. Odell was crushing. He was easily the most dominant player on the field in that game. And the Jets had absolutely no answer for him. And if this is what we're expecting to see from the Browns going forward, I really think
1: we can put them back into the conversation of a player in the AFC. Definitely. This is who we thought they were, to quote the great Denny Green. I think that Cleveland needed that game last week. They needed to bounce back after week one because they had such high expectations going into that first game, not only from us, but from everybody any kind of media coverage covering the browns was how is this team going to look when they get on the field oh they're going to they're going to put 35 points up every week that wasn't the case in week 1 going into week 2 looked a lot better against the jets
0: yeah i mean granted i mean it, it wasn't perfect by any means they did uh, only put up 23 points against a team that we can pretty much safely say is one of the four or five worst teams in the nfl so i mean there is that but at the same time they they did what it took to win they kind of put it together when it mattered, and Odell was spectacular. And if they're going to get that kind of performance from him and Baker and uh, some of the other key guys in offense, I think that's going to be good signs going forward. However, big however, they're stepping into a buzzsaw this week. I do not know how I feel about this matchup for them. The L.A. Rams are on a mission, and honestly, I don't think they're they're playing They're at their one hundred percent strength. They're
1: not. I think think they're they're holding it back. Exactly. I think they've learned their lesson from last year because they probably should have gone even further and won the Super Bowl. In my opinion, I I could argue that they
0: were better than New England. It's just they were missing some of their key guys. I mean, I I think they lost Cooper Cup right here. Cooper Cup
1: was a big one, and people don't talk about that one as much. They're going to say Todd Gurley, and that is a big one too, but. Look at what Cooper Cup has done this year. Look yeah, at what he was, he was doing last he was year.
0: Goff's kind of security guy. Yep. Like
1: you, you saw him a lot on, on third
0: downs. There was a lot of Woods and Cup, like and Cooks on big plays. But the, I mean, they've always had a lot of options on offense. But it's just one of those things. Like I mean, towards the end, I mean, nobody really thought that C.J. Anderson was their best bet at the running back. So when you're missing some key guys like that, that can kind of change the game of things. And I think I, I agree with kind of what we're both saying here. Really, is that. Uh, the Rams are kinda playing this a little methodical and that might be the best case for their scenario for them in the end. Now, does that have any effect on this game? I think that's gonna be tough to say. I think this is gonna be one of those that both teams are gonna be up for in Sunday night football. I think the Browns got a lot to prove and I'm sticking with America's team here.
1: I like it. I do. Gotta gotta go with the Rams though for me. I oh, just I can't
0: I can't fault that pick.
1: No, they were just so dominant last year, and to see how their season ended, I don't think they want that to happen again, and I don't think they're going to let it happen again. I got to go with L.A. And so we're split. Which way is the coin going to go? The coin is sticking with the Los Angeles Rams as well.
0: Fair. I I can't fault that.
1: And our matchup for Monday Night Football is the 1-1 and Chicago Bears traveling to the 0-2 Washington Redskins. The Redskins are getting 4.5 points. You're going to have to give me 4.5 beers to be interested
0: in this game. At least. Yeah. What happened to the Bears? I mean, this is a team I really thought was one of the more interesting and exciting teams from last year. I was always looking forward to watching their games, but now they're, they've are they reverted back to those Bears teams of old where it's just anemic
1: offense. Relying on the defense.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I understand that that's kind of always been their identity, and that's, that's Bear football, and, and I understand all that. And I'm not I'm not saying it's not a good recipe for success because, I mean, they are – they are one and one. They're they're staying in it, but I expected a little more, and, and I'm not sure what we're getting so far. Uh, I think they need to make some tweaks on offense. I think Trubisky looks awful, and they really need to find a way to get him comfortable. He did not look this bad last year. No, uh, is it a case where teams are figuring him out? Like I can't figure out like what the issue is. They kind of got bailed out by penalties in in that last game. Yeah, so I mean. Who knows? But I, I, at the same time, the Redskins aren't much better. And, in fact, I would say they're much worse.
1: Case Keenum's done what he's been asked for with their offense. He has five touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's only been sacked twice. And they're 0-2. Like, what is going on? The running game has been abysmal. First of all, there was the first week where they started guys which made sense. I think everybody assumed that was going to happen. Yeah, go. But the they didn't guy. dress Adrian Peterson. Yeah,
0: that weird that that doesn't sit well with me. I Thousand mean,
1: yard rusher last year,
0: he actually this just happened in the last game. He just passed Jim Brown to be the to have the fifth most rushing touchdowns in the history of the NFL. Now just think about that for a second. I mean, one that just shows his longevity—the fact that he's able to catch up with some of these guys. But to me, that says that this guy is probably one of the top. Five to ten running backs. He has to be football,
1: and I mean he's battled through injuries too in that time too.
0: And I and I will definitely say he is not the two thousand yards Adrian Peterson. He's not going to be run for two hundred and ninety six yards and and top his NFL single game rushing record. I don't see that happening. But at the same time, this is still a guy that if you're talking fourth and two, I would want him to tote the rock if we're talking about getting a a goal-line carry that's going to seal the game, I'm totally looking to give him the ball. So I don't understand why they're kind of ignoring him a little bit. But uh, still, I think the Bears are going to pull us out in another uh,
1: snoozer on Monday night. The Redskins running backs have averaged 25 yards or less per game. Now, with that being said, i got to go against... All of my fiber in my being, and actually i got to pick the Washington Redskins in this one. It's kind of a conditional pick in a way. I'm sticking with the Redskins. However, I think the Bears are going to win. Okay, uh, that's fair. i, so I, I got to go with the Redskins for the pick, but the Bears are going to win the game. I think the defense is going to show up for the Bears. Khalil Mack's too unpredictable. I think they're going to get it done. The Bears are going to win. Okay, well, let's see what the coin's got to say. The coin is also going with Da Bears.
0: Da Bears.
1: All right, and that about wraps up this edition of the Even the Odd Show. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. And we'll be back next week with some Week 4 action in the NFL.
0: And that was the show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back to embarrass ourselves with bad picks next week. Oh, yeah. Here comes your great moment in football history. The hold against the Wolfpack. Tony Brown, Anthony Hill, Javon Walker, all gone. Two of them offensive players. Anthony Hill, one of the, the preseason first-team All-ACC tight end. Block in the back as Tom O'Brien looks on.
1: Tony Brown. personal course, 69, offense, he was giving them the business, he played (laughs) with (laughs) them, that's a good one, giving
0: them the business, well Jerry, with are the quote of the year, (laughs) boy, would have been a lot of flags back in the day, man, giving them the business, can you look that up in a rule book? Well, <laughs> probably little... if we can't even give you a verbal interpretation of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no,